On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, the interview that sparked one of our most popular written stories for the entire month of June, our chat with Lou Pote. Welcome to episode 97 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Former Calgary Cannon star Edgar Martinez was known as one of the most mild-mannered players in Major League Baseball history. It would take a lot to knock him off his game, and as it turns out, another player with connections to Alberta was able to make that happen in October 2001. His name, Lou Pote. The Dogs Academy pitching coach recalled the incident in a story we posted about a month ago on albertadugoutstories.com. It was entitled Potent Pitching. The 6'3", 200-pound right-hander talked about his five-year MLB run with the Angels and Indians, as well as his initial time in Alberta with the Edmonton Trappers in 1999-2000, then returning later on with the Edmonton Cracker Cats and Capitals. Pote started coaching the Dogs in 2014 and hasn't looked back. Here's his full conversation in audio form with our own Ian Wilson. Why don't we start with a bang and then start start with that one? How did you get one of the most uh, mild-mannered, uh, seemingly mild-mannered players in baseball to, to charge the mound on you? Uh, well, uh, during the course of the year, we I guess uh, our pitching staff we we had done a pretty good job of getting them out. Um, and one of the things that getting them out is we threw them up. You know, we knocked them, uh, got them off the plate. Um, uh, I know personally I did that a couple times during the year um, and then that, that night we were, uh, we were sitting in the bullpen and, and one of the, the Mariners relievers, it might have been Jeff Nelson uh, had said that, uh, that Ed, Eddie said he, he was going to if, if he got knocked down again he was going to uh, charge the mound um, so you know, a couple innings later I get, um, I get in the game and uh, uh, I throw him fastball up and in and, and He's diving over the plate to try and get fastball or cutter away, and, and runs in, hits him in the hand, hits him in the face, uh, and he goes down. and And Benjamin, our catcher, is kind of like gets it, uh, standing there, getting in front of him, and I'm asking for a ball back. And then next thing you know, like, kind of happened pretty fast. Uh, you know, he comes, he's running at me, and uh, so you had lots of time. Oh yeah, I had lots of time, but I also had. <laughs> Probably the two slowest people trying to catch each other. One, one of the slowest persons trying to catch him in Benji Molina, and, and Eddie wasn't very fast either. So, uh, uh, but I remember him when he when he was running out there. He he said he kept yelling five times. He's like five times, five times, and then yeah. takes a swing at me. Yeah. You know, I duck, and next thing you know, I got uh, two teams and uh, piled up, and then uh, he kind of breaks up, and and uh, and somebody has me, and I can't move. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get away, and it's like the guy's like, "Dude, relax, dude, relax." And and I'm like, finally puts me down. I look and it's Jay Buner, and he said, "You just got charged by the nicest guy in baseball." So that was that was pretty funny. And then, yeah. uh, and then you know, thinking back on it, you know, it was uh, funny that he said that. Uh, funny that I got charged, and then you know, once the once it cleared, I didn't even throw it out of the game. Uh, and then it wasn't funny anymore when Oleru did a, uh, I think there was first and second, it might have been base loaded, and uh, had a double clear to bases. So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't real happy backing up <laughs> home plate. So were any shots landed by either by you or Edgar in that uh, dust up? No, because he's so slow to get out there. 
the, both teams were out there just as, uh, I mean, he, he kind of swung at me and then I think I swung back at him. Uh, and then the next thing you know, it was, I, you know, it was like, a, it was like a scrum. Yeah. So, uh, I was looking over your career, like just, just 20 year playing career. And it, I mean, I almost don't know where to start. I had to start with Edgar cause, uh, cause Joe yeah. told me to, but, um, uh, it just take me through a little bit of, of your, your travels there. I mean, you had the time with the angels, you had winning a world series, uh, but you also played with the Trappers, the Capitals. Uh, it's, take me, take me through a little bit of that journey as a player. Well, uh, you know, well, it all started off. Uh, was drafted by the Giants. Uh, played with the Giants for a couple of years, and I was traded to Montreal. Uh, first year I was on the 40-man roster was the strike year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and man. then, uh, you know, so everything was delayed, and and then uh, went to Double A and wasn't pitching very well, and. And then a manager called me in and told me I got traded to Expos for a pitcher, Luis Aquino. Um, and then was with the Expos for a couple of years. And then uh, uh, I think it was my third spring training, going into my third spring, or end of my third spring training. It was the probably one of the most memorable days in my life and in, in my baseball career. Is uh, and the first time somebody told me I wasn't good enough. Hmm. Uh, I got released in, at the end of spring training. Um, and I'm a big believer. Some things happen for a reason. One home work, played played for a summer team, and then I got phone call in August by the Cardinals. Went and played with the Cardinals. Uh, they didn't want to resign me, and I pitched really well uh, for the month that I was there. And then uh, I went to spring training with the Angels, mm-hmm. and then uh, went to Midland, Double A Midland. Uh, probably stat-wise, didn't have one of my better years, but uh, uh, tough hitters league, tough hit- hitters park. But uh, you know. I think it led minor leagues in complete games uh, through a ton of innings. Uh, got invited, went down to Venezuela that year, and I just I remember talking to the farm director for the Angels, and I said, I, want, I really want to stay here. I don't know what your guys' plans are, but if you give me a, a job in winter ball and a big league uh, invite, you know, non-roster big league invite, I'll, I'll re-sign with the minor league contract, and mm-hmm. that all happened. And next year I went to Edmonton. Uh, was pitching pretty good, and then... Uh, that was Trappers? Yeah, with the Trappers. And then uh, I pitched a game, I think it was August August 5th uh, in uh, Albuquerque. Uh, pitched pretty good. Uh, and uh, two days later, three days later, on my mom's birthday, uh, got back from We went out to eat, got back to my room. My phone was blinking, and Carney Lancer, my manager, said I need to talk to you, called me and told me that I was getting called up to the big leagues. So. Oh, nice. Pretty cool day, a special day, my mom's birthday, and uh, and something that I'll never forget. Uh, you know, and then got to the Angels, and when I got there, it was, you know what, I played nine years in the minor leagues, so I have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain, and, and you know, pitched pretty good for the month and a half that I was there, and then made the team out of spring training the next year. Uh, and then it all culminated with, you know, winning the World Series, uh, you know, something that a kid, uh, as a kid, I always dreamed about, and 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 you know, to for it to become reality was uh, something I'll never forget. And it was the guys on the team that made it so special, the uh, tight knit group. Uh, a lot of them I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, and then uh, you hear about the World Series, like you said, it's a it's a dream experience. Did it live up to everything you you'd think it would? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, otherwise, you know, I didn't get a pitch, uh, but uh, it, it didn't matter because, you know, it's, you know, the manager's got to do what he thinks best, and you know, 
uh, I thought it was the best decision too. So, <laughs> you know, obviously I would have loved to pitch, but um, when you get Francisco Rodriguez to come up and, and do what he <laughs> yeah. did, uh, it, you know, it's, it makes it a little, a little bit easier. But, you know, yeah. I, ultimately I just, you know, I wanted, I knew how kind of how it worked. The uh, guys that were, you know, middle inning guys, you know, usually were going to get, you know, left off the roster and trying to keep in shape just in case something happened, an injury. So, uh, but I just, you know, I, just, I, I was a team guy, and that's what I want, you know, whatever they thought best, you know, regardless of what I thought, and I, you know, what I could do, uh, you know, it was the best decision. Yeah. So. Well, you still get to go to the parade, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're in that, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and I look back. Like, there's so many things in, that in my career that I look back on. Uh, like when, when I pitched against Albuquerque, my last uh, minor league start in uh, AAA for the Trappers, uh, Mike Sosha, Ron Ranicki, uh Alfredo Griffin, the, all the guys that I had in the big leagues. Uh-huh. My time with Angels were uh, were were the were the they were the coaches for the Albuquerque Dukes that year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know from there I went. Uh, after that, I went to Japan for a year. Uh, awesome experience. Uh, a lot different than I expected. You know, I, I, I thought the culture and, and food and everything was going to be the biggest adjustment, and it was complete opposite. It was baseball was the busy, oh, yeah. biggest adjustment, yeah. and I didn't, really didn't adjust to it. Uh, yeah, I was that stubborn guy that you know, oh, it, you know, stick with it, it's going to work, and and, and 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 it didn't. And but, you know, I went over there for one year and, and had a blast. You know, yeah. I learned a lot about myself. Uh, got to show, you know, got to see, the, you know, Japan and, uh, mm-hmm. and meet a lot of great people. And then came back, signed with Oakland, pl- uh, played, play, went to AAA, was pitching real well, and then uh, I traded to Cleveland, had a couple outings with them, and then yeah. that's all she wrote about my big league career. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was, you know. You ended up back in Edmonton, though. What brought you back with the, the Capitals? How did that come uh, about? Family. You know, I uh, was mar- married and... and, and Wife is from Shore Park, and okay. and uh, you know I loved it up there. And you know whenever and when I came back, uh, I actually was was trying to get signed with a team in Arizona. I was living in Arizona, and then Scott Richmond and uh, a friend of mine, Scott Richmond, yep. played with the Jays, yep. and and uh, Reggie Rivard uh, came down and lived with me. They were trying to throw throw for teams, and they were playing for the Cracker Cats. Yeah. And they said, well, you know, let's come on up here. I came up for my father-in-law's birthday. And I uh, went through for the manager I had, or a pitching coach I had in San Jose back in 1992, I think it was, yeah. uh, Frank Reberger, and they said they had a roster spot for a month and see how it works out. And then ended up playing there. And then yeah. I went to Taiwan, great, another great experience. Uh, and then I came back and uh, finished up with the crack, uh, with the Capitals. Uh, awesome. It was it, to go from playing in, for the Cracker Cats where there was kind of no... Uh, no following, no uh, front office to the Oilers taking over the team and 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 running it the way they did. It was uh, it was awesome the way the way to go to come back and see uh, baseball the way it should be in Edmonton and then and then to top it off with uh, winning the championship my last year uh, with Orv as my manager. Oh no way. Uh, yeah. You know Gord Gerlach. Uh, you know guys that I'm, I'm still to stay very close with. Uh, uh, but you know it was just special special way to go out and uh, yeah. look back at my career and you know and I 
don't really have any regrets because you yeah. know I, I I laid it all in the line and uh, played as long as I could and yeah. played until uh, you know I, I, I kind of went out on my own terms right <laughs> yeah. in independent fall I re- saying I wasn't gonna play again and I was gonna go up to Fort McMurray and uh, yeah and uh, run the baseball academy up there and minor ball up there and uh, it was yeah, uh, what, cool. so what brought you up to Fort Mac uh, you mentioned the Sherwood Park connection but what uh, what specifically got you up to Fort Mac. Well, I'd done camps up there before, uh, you know, with Reggie, uh, my uh, Reggie Rivardi's from Bonneville, and then he, when he was playing for the Vipers in Calgary, he was in the during the winter and stuff. He was running all the minor ball up there, and uh, he called me one day and asked me if I was interested in the job because he was going to start his own company back in Bonneville, and I said yeah. So I went up there, uh, met people, and uh, just unbelievable experience up there. I loved. I was up there for two years, and uh, and just uh, a great community and a great place and uh you know something some i'm glad i went up there and and got a chance to uh to become a better coach and uh, meet a lot of kids that you know i I see on the baseball fields now that are uh you know still playing and enjoying it and you know hopefully i had a a little uh little help with them uh with their experience with that well, the Giants are there now, and it's pretty good legacy up there in terms of the product. What uh, it seemed like all your connections, baseball-wise, before ending up here were, were Northern Alberta. How did you end up in Okotoks? Well, I, I'd always I, I remember I was coached helping out uh, St. FX in Edmonton, and uh, I just got done with my season, and I was coaching first base at Tellus Field, and they're playing the Dogs, and that was the first time I'd heard of the Dogs. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so this guy, I go over to first base and. Uh, this guy goes, you're American, right? <laughs> and I look, I was like, yeah. And he's like, me too. And uh, Alan Cox. So. Uh, oh no way. Okay. Uh, so you know, from that point on, I you know kept in touch with Alan, and then uh, I was uh, in between jobs. I ran an academy in uh, Sherwood Park, and and was kind of wasn't quite working out there. Uh, so I called Alan, and and we we uh, worked a couple things out, and talked to John uh, or Candia. Uh, the, uh, the owner of the place and uh, and met with him and and it was something that you know I wanted my kids to be a part of and and I wanted to be a part of too. Uh, tell me about that from a family point of view. Uh, you've got a son Connor. I'm not sure about how many other kids you have, but uh, you've got the baseball is still going on in the family for sure. Oh yeah. 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 You know Connor's Connor's uh, on the, on my 15U black team. Uh, uh, my other son Owen uh, was on our Pee Wee team the last couple of years, and now he's uh, taking a break playing uh, uh, travel basketball. Yeah. Um, and then my youngest one, Dane, uh, he's he's kind of dabbling in a couple of things: basketball, likes to swim, uh, rides bike, Rubik's cube, all this stuff. He he's he kind of gets a little bit uh, has a little bit more stuff involved, uh, but you know it's you know. My kids got to go to nationals with the dogs the one year. Uh, it was a great experience for them. They still talk about it to this day. Um, and then, you know, it's an opportunity to to get as much baseball as, as you want. Uh, and, 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 you know, and me for, for, for a dad to be able to spend some time with my kids yeah. at work. It's awesome. Um, tell me a bit about uh, the old baseball stories and your ki- whether it's your kids or the academy kids. Uh, do, you, do you tell a lot of their sto- those stories or do they tell you to keep quiet or do you just kind of wait for them to ask you questions about it? Uh, you know, at, at first I kind of, like, when I first got here, I, you know, I, if, I, would, uh, I would tell a couple stories here and there. But uh, 
a lot of times, you know, I'm more, I want, you know, I want them that if they have any questions, if they ask me, because sometimes it's like, oh, here goes another story, right? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times I'll, uh, if it's a, like a play, something reminds me of some, like a, a, a play or a, a ball, like somebody gets, somebody gets a home run hit off them, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go out there and I'll say, well, you know what? You know that restaurant in center field at, uh, at the Sky Dome now, Rogers Place? They're like, yeah. And I was like, well, I gave up a couple balls out there. So that well, that one wasn't as far, so it ain't as bad, right? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, but, you know, just kind of lighten the mood a lot of times. But, you know, they'll ask me questions about, you know, uh, what happened. Or, like, sometimes like one guy a couple years back asked, it Googled me, and yeah. that was the first time somebody had asked me about Edgar. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then... You know, getting to tell the story and and, and see the reactions, it's, mm-hmm. it's all pretty cool and something that you know, like I like to share every once in a while, but I don't like talking about myself too much. Fair enough. Well, I'm gonna make you talk about yourself one more one more time. And last question, uh, I'm supposed to also ask you about uh, Barry Bonds and your connection with him and his his home run uh, season. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're we're playing uh, we're playing at uh, Pac Bell and 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 I got a face of my agent at the time was like you know he wasn't a big fan of his so he's like saying oh you should hit him i'll give you i'll, I'll give you some money if you hit him and you know i was uh, my, my my thought process i want to strike him out right uh didn't happen uh but we, we were playing and it's a it was a day game i remember and i think we i think we were winning by by five or six runs and uh i think the count was two and one i tried to go fastball in and and he hit it and I remember, because being with the Giants in the 40-man roster, uh, when he would take BP, uh, him saying that I know every time I hit a ball if it's gone. So as soon as he hit it, I looked at our center fielder, Darren Erstead, and then I turned around and looked at Barry, and he's going into his home run <laughs> trot. And it, where, where he hit it was it's the wall of the, the bay, uh, or McCovey Cove, and then the center field wall where they meet. So it's like the deepest part of the park. Yeah. And it went you know, up against that wall. And after the game, I, the reporter, I'm sitting in my locker, and, you know, I'm a middle reliever, so, you know, the only yeah. time I get questions are if I blew the game. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, if I blew the game, uh, you know, and, and, and not a lot of times when I, if, I, if I got the win. So uh, I get this guy comes up to me, and I'm just sitting in my locker, and he asks me, he goes, uh, what did it feel like to give up a home run to Barry Bonds? And I'm like, this guy's got so many home runs, uh, and I've given up a ton in my life, or in my career. Uh, and I said, well, it's not his first, and, you know, obviously it's not going to be his last. And he goes, no, but it was his first time hitting the ball there, where he hit that ball there. And I was like, really? Come on, man. You know, so, yeah. uh, but it was cool. It was cool, man. It was yeah. like, uh, and then, you know, obviously, uh, I think I was number 33, or yeah. 30, one of those numbers, and, and on the, the year he broke the record. So, yeah, that's pretty cool when you look yeah. back at it, you know. You're a part of leader. history. Yeah, part of history. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no. Only other time I, uh, that I can think of is Rafael Palmero. I was I got a, one of my starts in the big leagues against the, the Rangers, and he was one home run shy. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, he ain't getting it off me, right? And, yeah. I, and I didn't give up a home run, but I'm sitting there going, oh, man, if I give up one run, a solo home run, it's number 400. I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I, I go in the record books for a couple other things other than <laughs> my stats. There you go. Well, that's it for me, but thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks to Lou Pote for joining us this week, and thanks to Ian for the great interview. A big thanks as well to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review if you can. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.